bars and some juice and some coffee to Mitchell Nielsen on Tuesday. Is that right? Okay. Yep. <clears throat> on Tuesday this week. And it was at the request of the principal because they're doing their, it's not called TCAP anymore. It's tea and ready. Is that right? <clears throat> yeah, tea and ready. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can read. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'll say it again for those on Zoom. Uh, we, we went to pray over the school, not this last Wednesday, but the Wednesday before. Um, I think I mentioned to you that she was anticipating us asking. She asked us to pray for her. When we got there, we got to pray over the assistant principal, and then we got to go into the principal's office, and usually that's a bad thing, but in this scenario, it wasn't so bad. <coughs> uh, it was actually a good thing, and like, and we were able to pray over her, and for her to feel comfortable enough, um, they've had some some challenges at the school, and she shared a little bit, and I'm not going to share that um, now, but she needed prayer, and she, she, I just appreciate her doing that, and I know that that comes from us spending time with them before. Like, she didn't say that the first time. Yes, Ben? Oh, her church family. Yeah, was that you, Matt, that said that? Did you, didn't, someone said that, that she said that at the, um, how does she announce the granola bars? Okay, that's what I thought. <coughs> yeah, so whenever we delivered the donuts and stuff this week, Matt heard the, over the, speaker telling the teachers that our church family has delivered donuts and granola bars and stuff for them. So the relationship is getting stronger. She's inviting us to pray, and she's also now saying, hey, would you mind giving granola bars and donuts or doing something for us because teachers are going to be maybe a little stressed, and it would be really nice to be able to give them a little pick-me-up as we start testing. So I think that's awesome. So we are seeing things happen, and I think that that's great. I want to encourage everyone who has given financially, everyone who has prayed, everyone who has gone there. We're all participating in this as a family, and I think that's really, really cool. Um, oh, I was going to read really quick before we dive in. She sent me an email um, the night uh, after we did that. Good evening with exclamation points. I cannot stress how excited the teachers were this morning to see breakfast, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. They loved it. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Thank you very much, exclamation point. We greatly appreciate you, exclamation point. <clears throat> so, and then she sent an email the next day. So obviously they're becoming more um, just familiar with us. We'll give some more information about this. Um, they're having field day on May 20th, and there is a career day on May 25th not saying that we will participate in that. We are, we're going to gauge if we want, I mean, if anyone wants to, you can, but as a, you know, family or whatever, like, let me know. Uh, we'll come up with some sign-up sheets or something or find out. We're first trying to find out whether we can actually pull it off because we want to do things well and we can't always say yes to everything, but it sounded like some pretty cool opportunities. Um, so anyways, if that, if either one of those, what's popping? Okay, cool. Right on. Just want to make sure it wasn't me. I'm going to start, I, I can't pop dance. I can't do it. The best popping I can do is open a Coke, and nah, that's bad. All right, um, but if you have any desire to field day, I don't know the details, but it's simply kind of like helping them wrangle the kids and help them do the games and stuff like that, and career day would have you speaking to a class about your career. So, if, again, if you're interested in either one of those, let me know so that I can know, hey, we have people here that are interested in doing that. Cool? All right, let's roll. Pull up my first slide. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had a cold earlier this week. I'm feeling good now, but my voices had a little bit of that battle scars from that earlier this week, if you hear me a little scraggly. Um, we are still going. All right, so a couple things. We're still going through the fruit and the gifts of the Spirit. Woo, yes, all right. I got to pep rally it a little bit because usually when you're in the middle of a series and you're in the, like, this is where we got to go. All right. All right, John, i got to pay attention now. I'm, we're getting in the weeds. We're getting deep into it. Uh, this is week four that we have done this. We will have probably two more weeks of it, and it will be finished, okay? Um, but I just gave us that encouragement. <laughs> was that an encouragement? That it's, was that a woo that it's over? <laughs> Dang it. I'm just playing. I love that about Stones River. We can, we can kid. If we couldn't kid, I'd be in big trouble here. I'll tell you that much. <clears throat> um, 
but for us to just stay focused. And as we're thinking about and meditating on these gifts and the fruit of the Spirit, I want to encourage us to not only consider, do I have this gift, but who in my life has this gift? Why? Because I'm going to encourage us to share that with them. Because I'll be real, you ever done, you know, in your life, have you ever thought you were pretty good at something and then someone was honest with you and went, you're not that good. Am I the only one? I had a, I had a close friend do that to me because I like music and stuff, and, I, and I'm not the you know, greatest singer. And it was early when I was just asking, should I preach or you know, do worship and lead and stuff? And I, my buddy Travis said, John, you're not a great singer. You're way more gifted in speaking. You need to go that route. And it kind of hurt my feelings a little when someone goes, you're not that good. <clears throat> but I really appreciated it because it helped me go, okay, you know what? I've been doing this for a while, and if I'm not that good, I've given it a pretty good try. Maybe that shouldn't be the direction that I had. So in love, there maybe, you know, maybe it's good to share and someone go, well, or they just didn't know they were that gifted in a certain area. You ever had that happen? Someone goes, you're really good at this, and you're like, really? I didn't know that. So I'm going to encourage us to do that with one another and uh, with your spouse, with your friends here, whomever. So as you're thinking again, think about who possesses these gifts so you can not, not just be about yourself, but about us all. So the fruit of the Spirit, as we are winding down to, I think we have three fruits of the Spirit left, and David talked about one this morning, kindness. I really like faithfulness. It's, the Greek word is pistis, which is faith. And I think that this is really, really interesting because as we consider the fruit of the Spirit versus the gifts, the fruit of the Spirit is what should be happening in our lives because we're in Christ and from the Spirit. All of us, our possession of these fruit is evidence, is, is what, what it means because we are in Christ. These are the characteristics of God that we are because we're in Him. So these are definitely not ones that we go, well, I don't have the gift of faithfulness. I'm sure my wife wouldn't appreciate that if I said that to her, huh? Um, no, I thought that would get at least another chuckle or two. Jared's face was worth it, though. <laughs> but I thought, I've really thought about this faithfulness a lot, or being, being men and women of faith, a couple things that's really interesting. One is sometimes I think that we consider faith, and I have, as something that I drum up for a moment. Has anyone ever thought, like, I need a faith in Jesus as my Savior, or I need faith because... We're going through financial difficulties, or I need faith because, you know, whatever it, whatever it may be. Um, got into an argument with my spouse. I need faith because I need healing, or whatever it may be. The fruit of faithfulness is constantly placing our faith in God and being faithful in our relationship with Him and with other people. And why I think this is so important is in our society, I believe we've started to lose faithfulness. Have you guys ever, have you thought about that lately? Like Seth and I joke because we do little events and throw, thi- you know, throw things or just have people over at Taylor Place a lot to play a board game or to chat or go to lunch. We make jokes, but there's a lot of truth to it. If someone says, yes, I'll be there, that means there's about a 50% chance I'll actually be there. <laughs> They're not being very faithful to their commitment. Maybe 60%. And I'm being honest. Like it's, it's interesting. When someone says maybe, we've lowered it to about a 20% chance that they'll actually show up, maybe 10% chance. But that there is this lack of faithfulness that pervades our society, and now I could become a, a grumpy old man about it. Or the Lord just said, just showing me, or I could just use, see this as an opportunity to shine. See this as an opportunity at our workplaces. See this as an opportunity at our schools and where we're at to show that we are men and women of faithfulness to God and faithfulness to each other. That when I say something, I'll be faithful to do it. When I say I'll be loyal, I will be loyal. I'm going to not walk this complete roller coaster. Yes, there are times in our life when things are going much better and times when they're not going as bad as, as well. But do we remain faithful to God? Do we remain faithful in, in, in every step of the process? And as we speak about spiritual gifts, will we be faithful with the gifts that God's given us? 
That's, that's a real serious question. And it reminds me of when we went at the beginning of this, when we were talking about Paul encouraging Timothy, saying, fan into flame the gift of God that's in you. What have we done? Have we allowed the gift of God in us, gifts to not shine or to be snuffed out? Or maybe we're shining a little bit, but is there, is there opportunity for us to really see those gifts fanned into flame so that we can operate as a body to the fullness, so that we can do things with the threshold men and women, and we can do things at Mitchell Nielsen together because we're all operating in our giftings and really owning them and being completely faithful to God, to one another, and to the giftings that God has given us. If you go to the next slide, I'm going to read really quickly uh, Luke chapter 16. And we'll start in verse 10, and the context is, if you guys remember the parable of the shrewd manager, that, man, that's an interesting parable, isn't it? I'm not, I could get derailed by going into there. But he's really dealing with money and the way that we're handling money and how that relates to friends and other people that we know. And in verse 10, he says, whoever is faithful, this is Jesus, in a very little is faithful also in much. And whoever is dishonest in very little is dishonest also in much. If you then had not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, who will entrust you with true riches? And if you had not been faithful with what belongs to another, who would give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve... God and wealth. And I bring this up because I want us to think about faithfulness, not just in I'm faithful to read my Bible or whatever. Like the faithfulness to God is impacts every area of our lives. It impacts our finances. It impacts our relationships. It impacts our spiritual gifts. And here you see that Jesus is is making this statement that is it's just so true. And it kind of goes again back to what I shared, you know, weeks ago is are we being faithful? Are we stewarding well what God has given us? Because this is that's what Jesus is saying. Right? If you give your children, you know, ten bucks and they immediately blow it on something that's probably, you know, candy or something they're just gonna eat and it's gonna be done with <clears throat> versus another child that you give and maybe they spend a little on candy and have fun, but then they save some of it or start to, you know, do something. You'd probably be more apt to give more money to the one that's stewarding it better. And Jesus is plainly saying it's the same with God. That with what we have, that God is calling us to faithfulness in what he's given us. Right? And I think that as a church, we're, we're focusing on that. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. Will we be faithful in our city? Will we be faithful with one another? Will we be faithful with what he tells us to do, even when it might not seem so grand, right? Like at first, some of the steps that we've taken with Mitchell Nielsen stuff, maybe they haven't seemed like, oh, wow, the glory's fallen. <clears throat> but I think that God's, I know that God sits back and goes, well, will you be faithful? I'll give you some. He doesn't <clears throat> often, hardly ever, shows us the end game of exactly where it's going to end up. There's times where he gives us hints and he gives vision. But will you be faithful with what I lay before you? Will we be faithful as a family, right? I love it. I love it. So faithfulness. So let's go to the next slide and let's talk about the next gift. So faithfulness affects every area of our life, invades hopefully every area of our life as a fruit of the Spirit. And then we also have another gift. And so we're in Romans 12, but at the moment we're just kind of reading a list. to be, You know whenever you just read list, and thank God it's gifts and not just names, because that, I just got to skim past some of those sometimes. Anybody else do that? Who, who's, who's the ones that are like, I'm going to read every single name? Raise your hand. I'm just curious. Yeah? Who's the ones that's like, yeah, okay, let's just get to the good part? Yeah. Okay. Just curious. About 50-50. And 50% of you, well, 33, 33 and 33 were scared to raise their hand, I think, or weren't sure. <clears throat> I can be both, actually. There's times where I'm like, I'm going to read it all. And there's times where I'm like, yeah, I'm good. In this list, though, we get down to... Yep. It would be really helpful if I was in the right chapter. In ministry... In ministering, the teacher in teaching, we've talked about those. The exhorter and exhortation, I'm reading 12, 7. The giver in generosity, and that's where we stopped last time. 
the leader in diligence. How do you all like leaders? It depends on if they're good leaders or not, right? <laughs> that was a really, you know, I can't answer that question, John. Some people say there's not dumb questions, but that was kind of a dumb one. Um, as I've mentioned before when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, very often, many of them, we all are called to. It's just that there are certain men and women who are more gifted in certain areas. For example, I just read Giving. We can't go, well, I don't have the gift of giving, so I'm not. <laughs> That's great. You know, Larissa can give all her money to the church because I don't have the gift. She does, though. Praise God. I have the gift of spending it on myself, you know. <clears throat> that really, that, God, that don't work. We'll talk about the gift of compassion. We can't say, well, I don't, I don't have to have compassion. But again, there are men and women who the Spirit has given a special measure of these gifts to. And I say that because when it comes to leaders, which means to, to place before, to direct, we all experience leading at some point in our lives and probably all are at, the, at even where we're at right now, whether that is leading our families, our children, whether that's leading at school or leading at work. Like there are certain areas where people are following, where we are directing, we're kind of pine, we're going ahead and we're doing these things. But there are certain people, men and women, who just, it comes naturally. You guys, can you think of people in your mind that that's, they're just a natural leader? If you're considering yourself or others that are around you, oftentimes uh, the natural leaders are those who people are following and maybe though the word is going to tell us to do it in diligence, maybe you've experienced it and you didn't even realize like, wow, people, you know, I go and I start doing this thing and other people start asking me questions and I help them and we try to get to the same place. Anyone experience that here? I think it's interesting that he does say in diligence because in that, that word in diligence means like with haste, with speed. Like, um, like if you're gifted in leadership, that we're called to be like intentional about it and, and focused and to give it our all in earnestness, to give it our all as we're, as we're doing the leadership, as we're leading. If you go to the next slide, I'm going to read a passage on this. <clears throat> and I think this is incredibly important, y'all, because as we're looking at what God is revealing to us through the scriptures, we have to recognize that there are words that may have meanings that our culture applies to it that it's not what God wanted. And so when we think of leadership or leading, have you guys experienced a bad, poor leadership before? <laughs> I think we all probably have, right? Have you, and most of us hopefully, have experienced some good leadership, Right? So just because someone says, I'm a leader, or I have the gift of leadership, doesn't mean that they're operating in it kingdom leadership in the way that Jesus wants us to. There can be gifted leaders that are actually operating in the world's way of leading. <clears throat> and so Matthew 20, 20, I'm going to go there real quick. This is such an interesting, I know I've read this before here, but it's just such an interesting scene. I wish I was there, I guess. You know, sometimes when you read or someone tells you stories about things, like you're like, wow, but when you were there, it was like super uncomfortable. Like you ever told someone a story, they're like, oh my gosh, give me more. And you're like, well, I'll tell you, but I'm being real. It was not fun when we were actually in the moment. Jesus talks about himself going to be crucified and, and flogged. And then in verse 20, Matthew 20, 20, says, Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to him, so come, came to Jesus with her sons. So she's coming not, she's there with her sons. So think about that. Sometimes we kind of pass over that. She's coming to Jesus. Mama's got her babies. I wonder to myself how this came about. Like, were they, is this time, you know, multiple dinners they've had together? And was it instigated by the mom? Were the sons like, Mom, can you help me out with this? I mean, if, we, if there are any sons in the room, sometimes we might need help. Well, you know, James, I just, James and John, you guys have just been faithful to Jesus for such a long time. I think you all deserve something. I wonder how it came about, but it does. The mother with her sons comes to Jesus, and kneeling before him, she asked a favor of him, and he said to her, what do you want? Jesus is kind of direct sometimes. I like it. What do you want? 
She said to him, Declare that these two sons of mine will sit, one at your right hand and one at your left in your kingdom. So go back to last week when we talked about how the people of Israel were waiting for Jesus. Many of them were thinking, this is the anointed one. This man is going to sit on David's throne. This man is going to, you know, take Israel and bring back the glory days of Israel. And the Romans will not be here anymore. This is the man. And you see right here, this is this more of that. His, the mother of James and John thinks this is going to happen. So whoever stirs it up thinks, well, hey, might as well get on that right and left hand. You know, we might as well ask first. You have not because you ask not, right? Jesus answers in verse 22. You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink? Meaning he was about to go through suffering and death. They said to him, we're able. And Jesus doesn't disagree. He says, you will indeed drink my cup. And they did go, James and John, through much suffering. But to sit at my right hand and at my left, this is not mine to grant. It is for those to whom it has been prepared by my Father. When the ten heard it, they were angry with the two brothers. Anyone else might experience a little bit of anger at this moment? Oh, no one's, we're in church. We're not allowed to say that we ever get angry about anything. I mean, I, I'm like, I'm sitting back going, could you imagine walking, you know, for a couple of years or something with Jesus and you know, we've got our 12 of us, and then, you know, two of your buddies, their mama's over there trying to get the right and left hand. You'd be like, man, I've been walking with Jesus too. What are you doing? They were angry. They were upset. I would love to see what happened because these were Jewish men. So <laughs> if you know the Jewish culture, they usually don't mind telling you how they feel. And so they might have been some words, who knows, that might not have been allowed to be written in the Scripture that they said, come on, are you guys kidding me? I'd love to have been there to see what happened, though it would have been super awkward probably. But Jesus called to them, and I love how Jesus kind of diffuses the situation. you got people getting angry, jockeying for positions, people jockeying for positions. Verse 25 says it, but Jesus called to them and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. It will not be so among you, but whoever wishes to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be your slave, just as a son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Go to the next slide. Jesus is saying here that, listen, we have people jockeying for positions, people getting angry, fighting. He says, listen, in the Gentile world, in the culture that you are involved in now, this is what it looks like to lead. It looks like dominating. It looks like being a tyrant over. Has anyone ever experienced leadership? Maybe that it wasn't, that, that it was, that's somewhat like that. Yes? No? Am I the only one? <clears throat> okay. I mean, I've had jobs where I've had managers or vice presidents or whatever that it was constantly, what have you done for me? Plus, I'm in sales, or was in sales, so that was awful. You know, that's how it is, the name of the game. What's the quota? You need to be hitting this. If you're not hitting this, then blah, blah, blah. And like, man, sometimes it produced some results. Like, fear can produce some results. But it's not sustainable. <laughs> it's not. And I would leave those jobs at some point because I, I just couldn't handle it because it was just like, boom, 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 boom. But then there were other jobs that I had where I had leadership and management that said, John, I want you to be a great salesman. What can I do to help you to be the best that you can be? And I remember going and just, it was like a breath of fresh air going, really? You're not just going to constantly beat me over the head with my quotas and this and that and management saying this and that. And there were times whenever they were honest and said, hey, <laughs> we got to pick it up. It didn't mean that they didn't have hard questions and it didn't have to push me sometimes, but I understood with that type of leadership that they actually cared and that any of the pushing was because they cared about me and they wanted me to succeed. See, in this Gentile type leadership that Jesus is talking about here, the area of focus is on the leader. What can you give the leader? What can you do for me? What can you do for my kingdom? Whatever. And then if you go to the next slide, Jesus flips it on his head and says, no, if you want to be first, then you need to be a slave. 
which means you need to put the other people first. It's wild because this is a completely different style of leadership than many of us have, have encountered. It's a servant style. It's a style of leadership where, and I'm, I'm bringing all this up because if there are, there are gifted leaders here, and there are everyone here that experiences time when they are leading, how are we leading? Are we leading like the Gentiles? Do we have to demand and constantly tell people? I had a boss. That was pretty good. You ever have one of these? But there would be times when he would want to show me that he was my authority. And he would say things. And I'd be like, where did that come from? Seriously. Like, I'd be like, bro, I know you're my boss. Like, but I knew that he was specifically taking times to go, you better know your place. And I left that job <laughs> eventually. And, and, you know, it's kind of weird because he was good most of the time. But there were those times. And I just thought it was so awkward. So awkward. But how are we leading? Are we leading with the, our children whom we're leading or friends or whomever it may be with their needs? And the whole idea of the gifts of the Spirit, we've said it over and over, is for building up the body, is building up so that we can reach the fullness of Christ and his maturity. So if we have that gift of leadership, if you have that, or in the areas where you are leading, how are we leading? How are we leading? I like that. I'm excited. Let's go to the next slide. Compassion is an, the next gift of the Spirit. And I mentioned earlier, this is you know, one of those other ones where we can't say, well, I just uh, I don't have the gift, so I don't need to be compassionate. Wouldn't that be great? I'm just kidding. It would be great if like, I could just be like, yeah, I don't have that gift, so I'm not going to do it. That would probably be selfish, I guess. Huh? It means to have mercy on. Though we are all called to compassion, there are certain men and women who just have that gift. I want you to think about that, because I was thinking this morning, I bet there's not a one of us sitting here that we're not sitting here because there was someone in our life that had some actual compassion on us. That even though we screwed up multiple times, <laughs> some of y'all are thinking, I didn't screw up that many times. You did. Don't worry, you did. <clears throat> they had mercy on me. And the mercy and the compassion doesn't end with this gift in just saying, I'll feel bad. The mercy and the compassion is given so that we can help up, help the people out of their situations. Help the people to be the fullness of what God calls them to be. And there are some of you that I think that that hits you immediately. Like when someone's in a rough spot, when someone's going through difficulty, does it really hurt? Or do you know people around you that you can encourage and go, man, you, you are great. You are a very compassionate person. And not only does it hurt, but will I do something about it? And I really, as I thought about this this morning, I really felt in my heart that there's, this is a really important gift to, f to fan into flame. Like there may be people here this morning that have that, yes, it hurts, but God's just saying, all right, now do something with it. What I'm, you know what I mean? Like let's, let's roll with this. Act upon it. Act upon, use that gift. Use that gift. When you feel that in someone's go to that person, how can I help? What can I do? It doesn't mean with compassion that you always agree with what everyone does, Right? It means that you hurt and that you help them. Let's go to the next slide real quick and go to Matthew 9, 9. I love this little section here. It's the call of Matthew. I'll go ahead and just dive in and start reading. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man called Matthew sitting in a tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. And as he sat at dinner in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard this, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. Hopefully I haven't told this story before. Maybe I have if I have, sorry. I had a pastor that would say that. It's a rerun, and I'm not ashamed of it. I'm just going to tell it again. I have a friend that kind of got to experience what this was like. He had a really strong heart to reach lost people and said, you know what? If I'm going to reach lost people, Natalie, what you were saying earlier, you got, oh my God, I got it. we'll be around them, right? <laughs> right? 
So he started going to, in Murfreesboro here, local bars and spending time at the bars. 100% to reach people for Jesus and his kingdom. And he came to me one day and he was kind of hurt and shared that a family member spoke to his wife and just ripped her a new one because her husband should not be going to places like that. She, she shouldn't be around those types of people and you shouldn't let him do it. And this guy is devastated. I mean, he is hurt because he's going, I am, like, I am doing this for Jesus. I am going this because I love him and I am going to get out of my comfort zone and I am going to be around these people. <coughs> Whoa. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> and yet, there's people who go to church every Sunday who can sit on their high horse and talk about how I shouldn't be doing that. And I immediately thought of this passage. And this is what's happening. The, the Pharisees are, they, they are they're saying, listen, <clears throat> disciples, we're not supposed to be hanging around with those types of people. And Jesus' response to this exact scenario was to quote Hosea. And he says, go and learn what this means. So he gives them something to learn. All right, Pharisees, go learn what this means. Hosea 6.6, 6, I believe. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And the rest of that is the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. And God is frustrated at Israel, not because Israel is offering sacrifices. God commanded sacrifices to be offered. He's frustrated at Israel because they're doing the right thing in offering sacrifices without a heart of mercy and compassion for those who are hurting. God desires that you and I be men and women full of compassion and mercy. And that is perfect for us in the things that we're getting involved in right now. To recognize that people have screwed up. We've all screwed up. We've all made mistakes. Some of us have made some really big mistakes. Some of us maybe not as much. But there are men and women right here in our city that need someone to have some compassion on them and some mercy. Some of them will never get better. Sorry, to, to, to be, I'll just be real. Some will play us like they need, they want to, and they don't really want to. Some will, you ever want to, and then you just couldn't? Some will try, and they'll struggle, and they'll fall back down. <clears throat> and some will really change. But let us not have a hard heart towards these folks. Let us, if you have a hard heart, I just ask that you would just submit that to God and just say, God, help me. Help me if there is a group of people that I have a hard heart towards. Give me your compassion. And again, for those who have this gift of compassion, I'm just going to just pray, Lord, that you would help this to be fanned into flame because your church needs this so bad. I was on Twitter yesterday. Oh, boy. <clears throat> that was a mistake. Isn't that, isn't that funny how that can be a mistake just like that? And there is such a lack of compassion in our culture. Like if someone makes a mistake, it is pile on him or her and crucify them in a lot of our culture. And very few, though there are, to say, how can we help that person? Yeah, they made a mistake. That wasn't great. And I'm telling you, I mean, I'm in, I like board games. And even in the board game industry, it is. I mean, someone makes a mistake or says something they might not should have said, it is destroy them and cut them off. But God says in my kingdom it's not like that. Let's not participate in crucifying and picking up stones and throwing them. And guess what? Sometimes that's hard not to because some people do some dumb stuff sometimes. <laughs> but let us seek to bring healing to that person and to the people because they may have affected plenty of other people with what they said. It's not to ignore that what they did and say, well, what they did was okay, no but to bring healing to this situation instead of bringing more hurt to the situation. These are opportunities for us to shine in our culture, y'all. I love it. For people to go, what? You're, you're, you're praying for the person who did that. You're reaching out to the person. I can't believe. That's what, that's what we want. I can't believe you would go talk to that person. Great. That's, that's what they said about Jesus. <laughs> I hope that other churches talk bad about us because they're like, I hope that they go, well, I don't know if you should be hanging out with those people. 
Because if they do, then we're getting to be a little more like Jesus. I'm just being honest with you. I guess my grand hope is that everyone would participate not, but I mean, that's what happened, right? <clears throat> let's go to the next slide, and let's uh, talk about the last uh, fruit of the Spirit we'll talk about today. Um, we'll get next week, actually next week we're doing a potluck, so I won't preach too long. I'm, Greg was going to preach, but I called him, I said, buddy, probably want to have a whole week, to pre- a regular week, because the, the preaching before the potluck is the one of the toughest messages, or I guess it ends up being one of the easiest messages when you just give in to people want to eat. And I don't blame you. But the, uh, the following week or the week after, a couple weeks after that, we'll, we'll in, it finish up in, in 1 Corinthians 4, uh, 12. Sorry. And we'll talk about 14 a little bit. Gentleness or meekness, depending on the translation. <clears throat> As I was reading through the definitions of this Greek word, and I should have put the Greek word up here. Uh, That's not a definition of the word gentleness. You can't use the word in the definition. It's the definition of the Greek word. But I, meekness, and I I thought it was really interesting to hear expressing power with with reserve and gentleness is one of the the translations of that. And I think that this is something that many of us possess pretty well. I think there is. I really do. I think that there's a lot of folks here at Stones River that I've been a part of that have quite a bit of gentleness. At least you've been gentle with me if I've done something dumb. And I appreciate that. You guys, I mean, have you guys ever, you guys appreciate someone that has that fruit of gentleness and even when they have something difficult or challenging that they don't do it brashly, angrily, that they come and say, you know what, brother, sister, I I just want to... restore you and uh, I want to do what's best for you and they come in that that spirit meekness is really interesting as well and it's one that the Lord constantly convicts me of a little bit (laughs) just keep it honest that our words really matter and our words can really hurt people and we may do that on purpose and Oftentimes we don't. I think some people that struggle with this that maybe have uh, diarrhea of the mouth, I think people say sometimes, forgive me for that term, but we know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, maybe don't mean to be harmful, but they're just, they're, they're just, that's just who they are. But what this has given me pause in my life, because I, can I be real with you? There was a season where I, you know, I can talk. There was a season in my life, are they drinking coffee? You know, bring, are we making a Starbucks run in the middle of a sermon? I'll take some, take something, Americano, please. <clears throat> Where I started meditating on this, and I started kind of just being real quiet around people. I, d- I just remember doing it because I kept thinking to myself, I was thinking about being meek and, and, and all these things. And I really felt like the Lord encouraged me and said, John, I've made you a certain way. You talk, it's okay. But just be careful about the, what you're saying when you're saying it. And be gentle and be meek in, in what you're saying there, okay? So I, wanna, I just want to make that, because I think that we could get to this, you know, far swing to where we're all just quiet and, and meek and gentle, and, and that's beautiful. But there are also people that do talk. And if you're one of those people, be gentle. This is big, because remember when Paul encourages Asia Minor, I believe, is that right? It says, uh, well, I completely lost my train of thought in what I was going to say. That's the second time today I just lost it. <sighs> well, when Paul encourages Asia Minor. Okay, next. <laughs> I have no idea what I was going to say. It'll come. That's okay. If it doesn't, maybe the Holy Spirit stopped me from sticking my foot in my mouth like I do sometimes. Um, that's right. So I'll, I'll encourage us that in everything that we do, not just when we need to bring correction or whatever, that we are gentle, that we treat our spouses with gentleness, that we treat our kids. Like the kids can be one of the hardest ones sometimes, or maybe the grandkids. I don't know. I think by the time you have grandkids, sometimes you just kind of be like... Phew. A little chill. I don't know, though. Deborah, I might be scared if she was my grandma because she could take me down. 
<laughs> I love it. Hey, sometimes you gotta lay you gotta lay down the law. I love it. But that we do these things with gentleness. Our, live our lives with gentleness. Live our lives thoughtful. That's the thing about meekness, I think, is is you're you're thinking about what you're saying, thinking about how your words affect other people as you're saying them. And uh I love that I uh I see John King as really this having this this gift of exhibiting this fruit, of having that, that reserve with gentleness and the way he thinks through things and doesn't just come out with saying stuff all the time. I don't know, you, always, you guys have known him for years, and he'll just think, and then it's really powerful what he says almost all the time as he takes time to think and to be gentle with what he's saying. And sometimes what John says is, is it's not easy to say. <laughs> I love that about you, John, is there'll be times in a shepherd's meeting or something, well, it'll, he'll say something, I'm like, well, that was, uh, everyone's not going to be super excited about what he said, but it needed to be said. (laughs) And I love that. I love that about him. So, um, yeah, okay. Well, there we go. I want to talk about one more thing before we uh, spend some time worshiping. And worship team, uh, just hold off just one second, I guess. That way you're not standing up here awkwardly uh, (laughs) for for a while. I'll try not to be too quick. Um, But it's about the prophetic. Because uh, we've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And, you know, we have been a church ever, you know, since I've come here, and I'm sure it has started way before that, right, John? And that we are a church that allows the church folks to talk. And I know that that irritates the duty out of some of y'all. I've heard it. <laughs> Most of us, if it irritated us that bad, we would probably be gone. Uh, but with that being said, a couple weeks ago, Amy had given a word, and I just want to kind of address that. The shepherds and I, we had talked about it because we had a, a lot of people had responded and wanted to had some words to say, um, ask us what we thought about it, uh, asking us, you know, just different things. And you know who you are if you've uh, mentioned, if you've said something to to one of us or to several of us or, or whatever. Um, and we thought we'd just kind of address it um, and address not just that, but address prophecy in general. And I say this um, with a heart that really, really wants to see us operating in the gifts of the Spirit well. And the reason I, I say this, because it would be really easy, most churches don't allow this to happen. Most churches do not allow people to have the microphone that's not the preacher or one of the select few. Go around to Murfreesboro. There's probably very few that would allow that to happen. Why? Because you never know what someone's going to say. And we have created a church culture where it is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say some things that are kind of straightforward and I'm not talking bad. It's kind of drive-through Christianity, right? We get in, we get our service done. And we go on, and we don't want to do anything, because I've been in these conversations, we don't want to do anything that might rock the boat. We don't want to do anything, <coughs> even if it's from God. We don't want to do any of that kind of stuff, because we're, we just want to make sure that no one gets offended, that there's, you know, everything goes smoothly, and the, the preacher, man, he says what he needs to say, and then we go on to this part, and everything's scripted out. And a lot of churches, we oper- a lot of church operates like that. And <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 14, in the midst of some kind of charismatic craziness, as I would say, probably. The charisma and charismatic is a really good thing. But there was a point where the Corinthians were doing it selfishly. Let's just be real. They were using their gifts. This is a great teaching point as we're talking about the gifts for themselves. They were getting drunk at a communion. Can, can you imagine that? They were speaking in tongues and no one was interpreting and everyone's like, what the heck's going on? Like, I don't even know what they're saying because it felt like they were holy or whatever, whatever reason it was. There were uh, people prophesying at the same time and all this kind of stuff that's going on. And in the midst of that, in the midst of their craziness, Paul does not tell them to stop. It would have been super easy for Paul to go, you know what, just stop, Corinthians. I don't want to hear prophetic words. I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear that. It's just, that's, it's too much. But instead, Paul says, let's just have some order. Paul says, you know, let one, two, three prophets speak and then discern whether the word is from the Lord or not. 
And this is why I believe at Stones River, we don't want to swing to a side that says, well, we're just not going to operate that way. Because Paul tells them to do that. In 1 Thessalonians 5, Paul tells the Thessalonians, mm, I can't remember what verse it is, 15, 16, 19, I don't. 1 Thessalonians 5, you can go there. He says, do not quench the Spirit. And that is immediately followed up by, do not despise prophecy. And what I do not want to do, and I know the shepherds, and I submit everything that I'm saying to the shepherds, and if someone needs to correct or whatever, I completely submit myself to you guys. What I don't, if I say anything wrong, what we don't want to do is create a church that quenches the spirit because we say absolutely no prophecy. Nope. Right? We're not, gonna, we're not going to allow people, if they feel like there's something from the Lord, to, to give and just end it because of that. So, you know, when Amy gave the word, I know that it was concerning for some people because, and Amy, we asked, and she's, she's so great, and she said, yes, we can, we can share this. I'm just using it as a teaching tool. I don't want, um, I really appreciate her heart. Um, we can hear it, and we can immediately have thoughts of, oh, I don't like it. I mean, honestly, many prophetic words given the Israel responded in that way. <laughs> just being real, go read the Bible. They're like, nope, don't like that. <laughs> And we can immediately hear it and, and just ignore it. Or we can do what the next part of Thessalonians says. It says, do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecy, but test the spirits. So he also doesn't say anyone, I mean, that's the thing about stones. If someone has a word from the Lord, everyone that stands in front of the church here that has a word from the Lord may not actually have a word from the Lord. That's just, just going to be real. Like, and I'm thinking back to all different times that people have, you know, come up here. And I think in general, we're pretty good. But, you know, there are t- times where it may not be the case or Paul would have no reason to say that. But what we're called to do as family, what we're called to do to, as one anothering each other is to discern whether this is a word from the Lord or not for th- Stones River, right? And I want to ask us all to join in prayer and discernment. The shepherds, we've talked about that because it it's a serious word that she shared. I want us to not swing to the fence that says nope and rejects it. I want us to not swing to the fence that says, well, anytime that anyone says anything, we're just going to, you know, it's, not, it's from the Lord, right? That we need to have that time of us discerning and us being prayerful. Because that's the thing. In the, in the Old Testament, before believers, followers of Yahweh had the Spirit of God, there were those who spoke in the prophetic and came and said, this is from the Lord and we're going to, and you've got to obey and God would speak through Jeremiah or through Moses or Aaron or whomever. But in the New Testament, the cool thing, one of the cool things is, is that we all have the Spirit of God now. And so we still have prophecy, I wholeheartedly believe, but it's as a body. And I think that we miss that sometimes. And I think because of that, it causes a lot of problems sometimes in the church and causes a lot of churches to say, no, we're not going to do it because we're to hear God together. We're to discern together. First Corinthians 14 says it. We're to discern. Let the prophet speak and make a discernment. Or we're to test the Spirit, says First Thessalonians 5. Say, it's a hearing God as a community, right? So I'm going to encourage us to do that. And you can come up here, uh, worship team. And as part of that, uh, we've talked about, like, the shepherds, and we, we had some conversations about, you know, how to continue forward, but also how to do these things order, as, orderly, as, you know, as orderly as we can do. As, and so some things that we had, uh, I guess, prayed and I thought about here was that if you have a word from the Lord that you get, in, like, during the week, because we had, I've had people come up to me and say things like that before, would you come to me or one of the shepherds and just bring it before us and say, hey, I feel... Because it's not like a lording over thing. It is a... I'm, I do this all the time with... I'll do it with my pe- people at the bread and stuff like that. I'll say, I'm feeling this from the Lord. Brothers, can, can you pray about this and see if it's from the Lord? Submitting it to saying, if it's from the Lord, there's going to be confirmation from the Spirit. If not, then good. I'm glad that that didn't get out. <laughs> that, that, was from, that that was from the Lord and I screwed it up. All right? So we would ask that you would do that so that we can all be prayerful and make sure that um, and discern whether that's from the Lord or not. If you get something during service, we don't want to cut that out. 
But if you, if, you, if you have something, let me just say it this way, that you know might cause a stir, I would submit that you would talk to one of the shepherds or to me or to somebody and just say, hey, can you discern this with me? Can we spend some time discerning with me so that we can make sure, not so that we can say, well, if it's controversial, we're not going to speak it. That's not what we want to do here. We want to hear from God. But that we can hear together as a family and be able to deliver the message as a family together. Does that make sense? Okay. Does anyone want to, any of the shepherds want to add or subtract anything that I said? Okay. Cool. Yes. Oh, yeah. No problem. No problem. So, yeah. I love this. I, I think this is, I just, get, I just get so excited about this, y'all. Just get so excited about operating in the gifts that God's given us together as family. Not getting mad at each other, not getting frustrated, us getting egos out of the way and going, let's hear from God. Father, I, I thank you for the gifts that you have given us. I thank you so much. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for distributing these gifts. Thank you that through you, you have empowered your body to go and to, to break down this kingdom of darkness, to go, and as we saw today, very practically, when we're compassionate, when we express leadership, le- leading the way you've called us to do, when we have gentleness, whenever we are people of faith, we shine in darkness. And Lord, I ask that you would help us to continue to shine. And Lord, I ask that you would help us to steward these things well together. That we would here at Stones River be found faithful in everything that we do. That when you return, Jesus, if you return why we are living, wow, that would be amazing. If you did that, you would say, I find you guys faithful. And, 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 and I, that's what, God, from the bottom of my heart, that's what I desire. More than the riches of man, more than recognition from man, Lord, and I know that we have the same heart here. I just believe it, that we would stand before you and you would say, well done, my good and faithful servant, that we would live out the faithfulness of Jesus, the faithfulness that Jesus pioneered for us, that we would live that out right here in our community, that we would live that out right here among one another. In Jesus' name, amen.